So I wonder if you guys can relate in this way. How many of you have ever had someone in your life, maybe it's now, that you really, 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 really want to take the relationship just another level, right from wherever it is right now to just another level deeper, and they just won't go there with you? Maybe think about, remember when you were back in middle school or high school. Maybe think back if some of you are out of college, think back to when you're in college. Maybe some of you are experiencing this very phenomenon right now where you are falling for someone, but they're not falling for you. I mean, for some of you, that stings right about now. Maybe you keep trying to get the relationship to go to just that, that next level, right? That another level that you want it to go to and they're just not cooperating, right? They're not cooperating with, I, I, want, I want to date this person, but it doesn't seem like they want to cooperate and date me as well. But they're polite. They're super respectful. They're very kind to you, but they're what? They're distant. What about your parents? Your relationship with your parents? Perhaps your parents are divorced. And you grew up with mom and didn't have much to do with dad or vice versa. And maybe throughout high school, college, and or maybe now, you would really, really, really love to have that father-son, father-daughter, mother-son, mother-daughter relationship. And what happens is you see other people, they have the really, really cool parents, right? They have a great relationship with their parents and they hang out and seem really comfortable with them and they just genuinely enjoy their time together with their parents. But whenever you're with mom or dad, it's a little awkward. There's that tension and they just kind of throw you off balance. Maybe some of you experienced that during these holidays some awkwardness, some tension. And you want so badly to be able to relax around them and just connect. But here's the problem. They just aren't willing, and they might not even know how, to get the relationship to where you want it to be. But everybody's kind. Everybody's polite but everybody's just a little bit distanced and you want the relationship so badly to go somewhere else and there's just nothing that you can do to get it to where you want it to be. And it's, isn't it so frustrating, right? Isn't it so frustrating when there's nothing that you can do to get somebody to go with you to that level of relationship that you really, really want where you can be really transparent, you can be relaxed and just enjoy them, right? Maybe for you, you've experienced that and you're like, man, that is so frustrating. And I believe this will happen to you eventually if it hasn't happened already, and I'm, I know this might be hard for some of you to believe. And in fact, this might be something that you eventually believe, but it will take time and it will take a long time for this to actually really uh, eventually reach your heart. 
And as I've been preparing this message, we've been walking through, uh, really praying and processing this series. I've wanted so badly for us to be a group of people that if we that, uh, that if we grabbed a hold of what we talk about tonight and it makes it down into our hearts, I believe it will change us from the inside out for the rest of our lives. Like if someone were to go, Bryce, what's the one thing you would communicate to young adults? What's the one thing you want them to hear? You want them to know what we're gonna be talking about over the next three weeks is the exact thing that I so deeply, so desperately would love for everyone in this room. If we grabbed a hold of it, I believe it will change your lives. So believe it or not, Throughout the entire Old Testament, into the entire New Testament, the God of the Bible wants so badly for us to know that that thing that we talked about in the very beginning that we struggle with, he wants so badly to have a close, intimate relationship with you. And I'm not talking about the intimate relationship where we think of uh, sexually intimate. I'm talking about a deep, connected relationship where you are fully known, you're fully accepted without fear of rejection. A deep, close, intimate relationship with God where you are fully known, you're fully accepted without fear of rejection. But here's what happens. Time and time again, creation, us, stiff arms God, we Heisman God, we're even polite, right? We're polite, we try to be respectful. But we refuse to go to the level of relationship that God desires and has paved a way by sending his son, Jesus, so that we could know just how much he wants to be in relationship with you. And not a casual relationship, not something that's like, oh, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. But a deep, close, intimate relationship with God. Right, we see God pictured in, in scripture. Right, think about the uh, parable of the prodigal son. We've talked about this before from the stage. God's pictured as a father. Okay, Luke chapter 15, God's pictured as this father. He's got these two sons and the younger son wanders off. But the father loves the son. And the son goes off. He, he says, I want my half of the inheritance. And what does the dad do? He gives it to him. What, what good dad just gives him the inheritance? You know he's just going to go off and squander it. Yeah, but I love him. He takes the, his half of the inheritance. He goes and spends it on prostitutes, on wild, outlandish living. And then he's got no money left. He's got nowhere to go. And so he's like, man, well, I've got a better place in mind. I should just probably return home. And he goes back home, and what does the father do? He sees him. While he was a long way off, he runs out to him, throws his arms around him, claims him again. This is my son, and I love him. Right? God's pictured as a shepherd. And the sheep want nothing to do with the shepherd. I don't want anything to do with my shepherd. And so we wander, we wander, we wander off. And it breaks his heart. And guess what he does? He leaves all of the other sheep because he goes after just one. Let's go back to creation. Genesis, the very beginning. God creates his prized creation, humanity. 
We give God the old stiff arm. We turn our backs on him. We hide. And God doesn't sit there and go, oh, you know, I should just start this over again. But instead, what does he do? He draws close, comes down to the garden. Where are you? Where are you? And God immediately goes to work to restore relationship that we broke. Because that is how badly he wanted it. And I remember hearing this, and this, this just took me by surprise uh, when I was younger because for so long I just see God as that guy up in the sky who, you know, he, he just wants me to do things for him, right? I've shared this before. I'm a means to an end. And it was this passage that we're going to be hitting on tonight that really shifted my perspective of the kind of God that actually wants to be with us. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. I know some of you are like, what in the world are we doing in Revelation? If you don't know what Revelation is, it's the second easiest book to find in the Bible. Uh, There's Genesis, which is the very beginning, and Revelation is the very last book. Uh, So if you're on your phone, you could literally just scroll all the way to the bottom, just click the last book, Revelation. We're going to be spending our time in chapter 3, and I'll just give you some context uh, for, for what's going on. So John is the writer of this book, um, and, and he's received revelation from God. God has given him these words to say, and now he's communicating them to the different churches. And, and in the first uh, few chapters that we get, we see these seven letters that come out of what, Paul re- or what John receives from Jesus. And one of them... It's to a church called Laodicea. Now, Revelation typically gets a bad rep uh, for really being this book that's really scary, right? We've seen a lot, maybe you've seen some movies on it, read some books about it. And if you're just starting reading your Bible, I would definitely not encourage you to start here. But this is exactly where I'm going to take us for just a couple minutes. So there's that. And so John's writing this letter, Jesus is speaking, and and it's a letter to a church, which is interesting, because the the verses that we're going to be talking about, oftentimes you'll hear people use it in an evangelistic setting, meaning they're using it in a setting where they go, hey, Jesus wants to have this awesome, uh, amazing relationship with you, you should start it here. But Jesus, or what Jesus is saying is he's actually talking to people who have already started relationship with him. He's talking to a church, not just some church, a Roman church or Catholic church. He's talking to like a Christian church. Like he's talking to you and me. Yet they reflected the fact, meaning the church, the church reflected the fact that you can be very religious. You could be a very good person. You can attend church, attend young adults group, go to small group. You can be a believer of God and yet develop a perspective that keeps God at arm's length. This is the church who he's writing to, and this is where we pick up in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. So remember, I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. This is what he's saying. These are church people, Christians. I wish you were either one or the other. In other words, I wish you were either red, hot, passionate, or you just abandoned me altogether. 
I wish you were either passionate about this or that you would just abandon it altogether. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. These are harsh words. And as my niece would say, that's disgusting. (laughs) He says, spit us out of his mouth. I mean, they're good people. I'm talking to me, like, you're a good church. But this is apparently not what God had originally desired for the church. Interesting. And as Jesus goes on, you say I am rich. I'm, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and I don't need a thing. You know, he's basically saying, you, you think because of all this stuff that things between you and me are good. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. You think because of that, things between you and me are good right now? You have all the blessings, all the stuff. And he goes on, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, things are not going as well as you might think they're going. You church people. And then Jesus says some things that specifically relate to them in their own town. And then he goes on to say this famous passage, Revelation 3, or chapter 3, verse 20, says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here I am, standing at your door, and I'm knocking. And it's as if Jesus is going, I know you're busy. Hey, I know you got a lot of distractions. I, hey, listen, I know you got a lot going on. I know you do. But I want you to know, here I am. And I always think about this, because God, the God of the universe, of all people who could have been able to just barge in the door and kick it down and walk in and say, hey, you, you're coming with me whether you like it or not. How many of you have ever seen Shrek before? He's like, you, you're coming with me, right? God could have, God could have done that, barged in your bedroom and said, hey, I don't care if you like this or not, but you, you're coming with me. He doesn't do that. All he does is he just stands at your door and my door and he just... What he wants you to know and what all of scripture tells us, what he wants is just to be with you, just to be with me. No strings attached. He doesn't have an extra motive on top of that. Yeah, if I get them to to hang out with me, I can get them to do things for me. We've talked about this before. If you missed that message, go back and watch a couple weeks ago. God cares about you, wants relationship with you so much that he's not going to force you to do it. Of all people, you think God could have forced that, but he doesn't. He just knocks and he invites and says, I I know you probably don't want to be with me and that's okay right now, but I need you to know, I need you to know, I would do anything to be with you. 
anything. In fact, that anything is the thing that hurts me the most, which is sending my son. And I'm gonna do what's best for you, even though this isn't what's best for me, because I want you. Says if Jesus is going, I want in. I want in on your life. Not just for you to talk about me, not just for you to believe in me, but I want in, like in on a real relationship where you and I were actually close, where you and I, we know each other. If Jesus were to walk in these doors right now, how would you respond? Would you go, oh, crap, he's here, dang it. Well, I'm a little scared to go and say something to him right now. Is he a celebrity in your mind? Or is he a personal close friend that you would run up to right now and just throw your arms around and go, I'm so excited to see you again. Just hung out with you yesterday. This is what we do. Instead of opting in for a real relationship, what we do is we opt in for religion. And religion is this. Religion allows us to treat God politely, giving up proximity. If you don't know what that word proximity means, it means giving up my closeness with him. We can treat, religion says, I can treat God with politeness. Yes, God, you deserve to be respected, but I'm keeping you at arm's distance. Now I gotta be polite. Now I, I can never disrespect God. What happens is when we commit to religion, we become committed to the formula. Here's what the formula sounds like. How many of you grew up in church? Okay, so you'll get this formula. If you don't know this formula, you're welcome. I'm, I'm really thankful that you didn't grow up in church. But maybe you still get this formula because this is embedded in what we think. And maybe this is why some of you might have left the church growing up. You're like, I want nothing to do with church because it's all a formula. And this is what the formula sounds like. I go to church. I go to small group. I go to young adults group. I read my Bible occasionally. I pray to God occasionally. And when I sin, I go, God, I, will you please forgive me of my sin? And God takes his eraser out and he erases my sin. Oh, God, I sinned again. I messed up. And God, uh, God, I need you to forgive me of my sin. And God goes, okay, let me take my magic eraser out and I'll erase all your sin again. Cool. And I sit there and, and I go, God, you know, maybe, you know, the goal of my life is just to sin less and be a better person. And God goes, you are missing it. You're missing it. If you spent time in my word, you would know that that's not what my word actually says. That's not what my heart is for you. I mean, good grief, it's God, right? You gotta be polite. And in that, there's no closeness to God. It's a relationship based on ritual. And do you know what happens to religious people? And I, I wish I had time to dive into all the different religious people, the Pharisees who, who really thought that they were the closest to God and everybody worshiped them because, well, these are the closest people to God. I mean, they, they walk the righteous paths. They do all the amazing, awesome things. And those were the people that Jesus got so frustrated with because they treated God with politeness rather than uh, treating him in proximity.
Here's what happens to religious people. Eventually, it becomes all about getting God to do things for me. I can get God to do things for me. How do I find the right combination, the right formula to get God to do for me what I want him to do for me? How do I find the right formula, the right combination, right? If I, if I just do enough good things, if I just say all the right stuff, if I go to church this many times a week, maybe God might give me this awesome blessing. It's the, how do I get him to, how do I get him to keep me healthy, get me wealthy, get that girl, get that guy, wife, husband, or get me through school? In other words, how do I throw God a bone so that every once in a while, uh, every once in a while, God would get me what I want? And some of you go, I would never say that. That's disrespectful. And I don't want to be disrespectful. That right there is what we do all the time. And that's religion. And that religion sacrifices closeness with God to try and make God our personal puppets. All right, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit more. Okay, well, that didn't really help. I'm going to pray a little bit. Okay, well, that didn't help. Well, I'm going to go to church just a little bit more. I'm going to put a little bit more in the offering. I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to, and we miss it. That's religion. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, I want you to grasp onto this because this is so important. And it's actually something that I really believe you and I understand when it comes to relationship with people, but we miss it when it comes to relationship with God. And it's this. Closeness in relationship requires three things. Requires three things. And I put them in T's so that you can remember them. The letter T, not T-E-A-S-E. Letter T, closeness and relationship requires your time, it requires transparency, and it requires trust. It requires your time, your transparency, and it requires your trust. You get this in relationship with people. Because let, let me play this out for a second. Your best friend, right? The very first question we ask you, your best friend, the person you're closest to, do you think you got to spend a little bit of time with them to be close with them? They don't become your friend if they're not very close. You don't spend any time with them. Even if they move away, you still call them, right? Or what ends up happening? You drift away from that relationship. Ah, it's almost as if scripture says some of that stuff. So it takes your time. You, we, we get that. We know that. So let me ask you this question. What holds you back? from making time to spend with Jesus? What holds you back from that? Is it busyness? Is it your distractions? Guess what? Martha understands the distraction piece. Great. Do you know where that is? That's in the Bible. Maybe you're scared to spend time with him. This is the one I struggle with all the time. What are you afraid of? Are you scared that God's going to be disappointed in you? Are you scared that God's sitting there and going, wow, I didn't know that they were doing that. I had no idea that they were struggling with that. You think he's going to be disappointed? 
And I remember my dad used to always say this, I would, I would kill, I would kill to have my kids come up to me and, and just be completely open and honest with me. That would kill me as a, I would just love that. That would, that would make my day as a dad. And that's what it leads into. It takes your transparency. Some of you need to hear this very closely. Some of you need to pray some R-rated prayers to God. Some of you need to pray some R-rated prayers to God. You need to be open and honest and transparent with God. And, and, and a lot of us think, and this is, I used to think this for so long, that if I came to God and I go, well, oh my goodness, if he heard me say these things, he already knows you're thinking them and he already knows you feel them. You look at David, you look at Jeremiah, guess what? All these people are written in throughout scripture. You spend time listening to the words that they're saying and they are angry with God and God actually accepts them, calls them men after his own heart. It takes your time. It takes your transparency. What keeps you from being transparent with God? Do you feel like you're trying to be polite? because you think he's gonna be upset at you? Do you think he's gonna be so disappointed in you? And the last one requires your trust. Do you believe, do you trust that he is out to make your life miserable? He's out to be your cosmic fun sucker He's out to take all the fun things out of your life to make life really, really miserable. Now, some of you might not say that out loud. And you're like, well, now that you put it that way, I guess it doesn't, it sounds a little weird. I've thought this for so long. Oh, God just doesn't want me to have fun. He just, he just wants me to be alone. Oh, serve and worship him. Do you really believe that God wants what's best for you? Do you trust that? That God wants what's best for you regardless of what you think is best for you? Do you trust that God knows what's better for you? I, I wrestle with this one so much. And honestly, there's most of the time, I think I know what's best for myself. And I don't trust that God knows what's better for me. And my actions would clearly show that. But you and I both know closeness in any relationship requires time. I have to spend time. I have to spend time with them. It requires your transparency. It requires you being open, gut level honest with where you're at. And it takes you going, God, there's a reason why I'm having a hard time trusting you. And God, and it goes, I know I've just been waiting for you so long to, re to tell me why. I've always known that, but I wanted you to know it. What's holding you back from trusting God right now? And what's, what's gonna happen, and the reason why we started this series is next week, Zach's gonna come up here and talk about how we can practically do this on a daily basis. We've got a challenge coming. We've got all kinds of stuff coming, but this is really just to open up the series so that you know that God is pleading with you and me tonight to say, I just want you. All I want. I don't want casual relationship. I'm done with the buddy, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm here because I want intimacy, where you, intimacy with you where you're fully known, you're fully accepted without fear of rejection.
If you want the closeness in your relationship with God, I'm telling you, it's gonna require time. It's gonna require transparency. And it's gonna require you figuring out maybe why don't I trust him? What would it take for me to trust God? What would it take for you to trust God? I'm gonna pray. We're gonna worship together. And I encourage you as, 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 we're, as we're worshiping, be thinking about that. We're gonna talk about it in our small groups. Be thinking about what, what is holding me back? What's getting in the way? And guess what? We're all there. It's not me preaching at you. It's me being preached in God's word this very same thing. God is convicting me that we need to be a group of people that says, you know what? I'm done with mediocre relationships. I want depth. I want closeness, proximity with Jesus. I want to genuinely grow and allow Jesus to change my life. I'm telling you, the things that we're talking about, I look back five, six years ago when God really started convicting me of this area. It has changed the trajectory of my life. And I believe if you grab a hold of it, you continue with it, it will change the rest of your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you. God, this message has been so convicting for me and just compelling. And God, I, I just ask that this series, as we continue on, and Zach brings the word next week, Lord, that, that this would be one that we go, this is a stake in the ground, a stop in the road of going, I just wanna be wherever it is that you are, Jesus. God, that your whole message is that you sent your son to come here, leave the comforts of heaven, to die on the cross. And he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave three days later so that we would know that you loved us and that you wanted relationship with us. God, maybe there's somebody in here, maybe a couple people in here who don't have that relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you be convicting and compelling them to have a conversation with their small group leader tonight. Going, how do I have, how do I enter into relationship with you, Lord? God, let us be people that identify what's causing me to lack time with you. Why am I not making time? Is it distractions? Is it disappointment? Is it busyness? God, why am I not being transparent? Am I scared that if I am, you're just gonna walk away? Am I scared that if I am, you're gonna do what everybody else has done with me and they just rejected me? Or maybe, God, maybe you're different. And am I gonna choose to trust that? To trust you? God, we thank you, we love you. We ask you guide our conversations in our small groups. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.